All right, this is episode three of the Homestead Shop Talk podcast, and uh, how's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. How's it going, It's going Al? good. It's going good up here. We've been getting lots of rain, it seems like, again. We got yeah. your heat and humidity. We got a little bit of rain last night, but um, yeah. Ben's here, if you guys are watching the YouTube channel. His internet's not very good. That's an <laughs> understatement. I was like, hey, why don't we just get together over here? This, that works. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about our week, and then we have a topic today, which is uh, some of you guys had some great topics, suggestions for us. So thank you for those that who commented on our YouTube video about these topics. Um, but today we're going to be talking about is homesteading possible without YouTube or any outside income? That's a huge one. Like I think we all get these this same uh, question. All of us, I think. All the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but first Definitely. we're going to talk about our week. Uh, Al, you want to go first? Yeah. So we're still working and plugging away at the groundwork for the shop. We're making good headway. The concrete came the other day. That was a lot of work, but one of those things, at least luckily you only have to do it once per building. So excited to have that part done. And then we've been having the heat. We've got a bunch of rain again. I think a lot of our area is flooding out and they're under flood watches right now. So hopefully the rain stays away because we don't need it. I think Canada could use it for the wildfires, but mm -hmm. sure. uh, I'm trying to think. Well, I think it's been mostly the shop stuff, getting prepared and ready for that and then taking care of the new cow. How many, uh, a... how many truckloads of concrete was that? Was that truckloads? Or... We've got three, four. Yeah, we got three full truckloads, 11 yards a piece. That's a lot. Now, did you, yeah, like, help with that at all? Yeah, so I had, we had some guys come and help us, and it was four of us pouring and doing and screeding and then power troweling, and it was quite the process, but it went good. Luckily, it was 58 degrees and foggy in the morning. And we got all the pour we got all the concrete poured in like an hour and a half, and then like right after like the last truck left, the fog lifted, the sun came out, and it got really hot. So I think within three hours, two three hours of the concrete being out, it was like hard as a rock, and you couldn't work it anymore. So luckily, we had four of us there, and we had power trowels and got it done because it set up fast, and there wasn't any work in it after that. It's a perfect environment for corn mud. Right. What have you guys been up to this week? Um, so this week, I think I managed to put out one video this week because I'm still working on that water tower thing. Uh, it's a, port a portable water tower that I'm going to be moving around. Um, so that's been holding up my time. Um, I think, well, how, how many times have you guys been to the hardware store this week? Just once for me. <laughs> <laughs> once this week, but when we were building the house, I'd say like once or twice a day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think I went like four times this week. Uh, yep. Getting all these little, you know, PVC pipe parts and stuff and trying to figure it out. Plumbing. Plumbing's but, the worst for that. Yeah. 
yeah just little parts because i'm like ah, oh, you know i missed a part or oh, i think i need this other part but you don't really know because until you put it together you know yep. see i've been on the floor at lowe's laying out all of my pieces <laughs> to see if i've built it right <laughs> yes get it and then you know you usually end up forgetting something yeah so I'll just i'm still doing that um I almost managed to swallow gasoline this week. <laughs> I went to go, I had a full gas can and there was, it was like, cause I had, hadn't uh, used it yet, but it, cause I just filled it up. And so when I went to click it to fill up my lawnmower, there was pressure in it. And so all that gas, like it just shot out like super fast. And it like, it like basically covered my whole hat. Like, luckily I had a hat on and I had glasses on, but if I didn't, it would, I definitely would have got it in my eyes. My, my hat was drenched in gasoline. And as soon as that happened, I like kept my eyes shut and just ran to the, um, to the water, my water hose and just, I just, I just took a shower outside. Like, like <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. But that, that was kind of scary. Have that happen, but I never had it get me in the face. Yeah, right. Um, what this else? Sally fans make it worse. Yeah. Yep. Um, I helped a neighbor put their sheep back. Their sheep um, neighbors down the street. The guy called me up. And was like, "Hey, he wasn't in. T he wasn't. He was at work or something, and uh, his wife was home. But he was like, I need help putting my sheep back. And he had like six sheep that were out." Of the of the pen, and I was like, I got there, and these sheep were super skittish. And he's like, just there's some pelleted feed. He's like, just grab the bucket and the feed, and they should follow you. They did not. They were like running away from me, and I was like, I was just me by myself, and I was like, how am I gonna get them back? And so, and that, plus there were sheep inside the pen, so if I opened up the door, I didn't want them to come out. And so I needed one more person, and I was like, well, how am I gonna do this? So then I ended up feeding the ones inside the pen like on the other side of the pen like get hopefully that would keep them occupied and then i ran on the other side opened up the fence and then i i got i just like ran after the sheep and put them in a <laughs> like have them go around and eventually like i guided them in it was actually pretty quick and i i was surprised i, I was like i'm gonna be here all day i'm gonna be here all night like doing this uh so but it, it ended up pretty nice <laughs> Did you know the neighbor before? Yeah, yeah, I've known him before. Yeah, yeah, he has my number. So he's like, hey, man, <laughs> I'm at work. He's like, can you go over there? So, which which ended up being all right. Um, yeah, and we moved some cooney pigs in the woods, which is always exciting. And uh, what else? Oh, Fourth of July was fun. Fourth of July was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think... It looked like a war zone here, but um, we don't leave too many fingers. <laughs> we have all our yeah, fingers. All of our fingers. Yeah, it was just <laughs> uh, us and, and Ben's family, and we just hung out and um, smoked some pork and lit off a bunch of fireworks. And surprisingly, nice. none of my neighbors said anything. They didn't say anything. Everyone was cool. <laughs> I thought, they probably like watching the show. Yeah, I thought they were gonna like say something maybe, but uh no no. It was it was fine. It was fun. It's cool. But that's about it. So 
I guess a lot of the same. Uh, we've been doing a lot of harvesting. We uh, harvested all of our corn. Uh, we, I think we did about 50 pounds worth of corn, not counting wow. what we had like harvested and brought over here. It's all of our sweet corn. So that was what we did last week. Uh, we didn't process it till today, though. So it sat in the fridge all weekend. Um, a lot of weed pollen and maintenance and stuff like that that I've been behind on. The mowing out here, if you don't live in a place where it rains all the time, you don't understand, like, the grass. If you turn right. your back on it for just, like, over a week, all of a sudden this grass is, like, waist high. So there's been a lot of mowing and weed eating that I've had to get back on top of. Uh, yeah, 4th of July. 4th of July was a blast. All my boys are pyros just like I am. And so uh, <laughs> the older they are getting, you know, I have 16-year-olds, two 16-year-olds, a 14-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And all of them love exploding, exploding things. And yeah, so needless to say, 4th of July is starting to become very fun. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we didn't have that in California. You couldn't light any fireworks. No. You know? No. Out yep. here especially being out, you know, you're we're out in the country and nobody cares and it's it's very nice. Uh so yeah, um and then this weekend I didn't actually film it. I needed a great big pig feeder. So I built one and I it didn't cost me a dime. I used I just scrounged wood that I've had stashed in various places. Uh I basically made my own shiplap to build this pig feeder out of. And it holds probably around 400 pounds of feed. Uh, we're growing out wow. some feeder pigs, and I just need a way to keep them in feed. So I built that thing, put it yep. with them yesterday, and checked back today. And they uh, they probably ate close to 50 pounds of feed since yesterday afternoon. So I don't know if I'll be putting 400 pounds of feed in it all at once. We may have to kind of ration that, but... These are, these are the these are the pigs right. you're butchering in the fall. Yeah, yeah. These are the uh, they're just mutts. They've got red wattle in them. They've got Hampshire, Berkshire. They're I guess there's a Amish guy here who everybody buys their pigs from, and that's where they're from. Really, really fast growing pigs. Nice escape artists though, big time escape artists. Where do you have them? Are those in the woods or are those over? Uh, these ones are in the the pens. That's another thing. Maybe we'll talk about that sometime. Uh, the pigs in the woods, I love. It's great. That is the way to raise pigs. Uh, I ended up having that boar bubbles, uh, the mangalitsas, and he was, honestly, he was too dangerous. And so I had to put him in Fort Knox to keep him locked up. And so I built pig pens. Well, now I've got I've got our breeding trio out in the woods. I've got three, I think we kept seven guinea hogs that we're going to eat. Well, then okay. I ended up with these three feeder pigs. So now we've got way too many pigs, and they're all in all three pig pens I have. It is a muddy, stinky mess. I have had a hard <laughs> time keeping the smell down. Uh, I realize most people raise pigs in a pig pen, but... Having both systems, having pigs in the woods and pigs in a pig pen, woods is hands down the best way to go. We've done it both ways, and yeah, in the woods is the best. 
it's not always as convenient, but it's yeah. the best for smell. And I think it's the best for health for them too. Yep. That's something I think I got to figure out too, how to get water to them. So yep. luckily they're Cooney Coonies, so they don't need, <laughs> they're, they're pretty relaxed. They don't need a whole mess of water and they don't go through a whole lot of water either. Um, they don't flip over their water bowls, which is weird. I know they're, they, they're weird. weird pigs. <laughs> They don't act like pigs. Uh, so, you know, luckily for that, you know, it's not such a big deal. I could just haul up some buckets up there and give them water that way. So Now, are they getting most of their feed off the forest, the Cooney Coonies? Uh, we're still feeding them. We're feeding them like two cups a day. It's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> no. I mean, I've known I know people all. that don't feed them at all, no grain at all. Um, and maybe food scraps or something, but if that, um, so I feel like we don't have a whole, I mean, we have grass out there, but it's mainly weeds. And I can kind of tell, like, they definitely, I don't know if they're picky or maybe we just feed them good feed, but, uh, they <laughs> don't eat a lot of the weeds. Um, yep. they'll leave it, you know, they'll, They'll definitely eat the clover. They'll eat some of the grasses, but like, that's it. You know, and once that's gone, usually it's about one to two weeks in one spot. And then we got to right. move. So, but they're, they're pretty easy. So let's uh, talk about this topic of uh, <clears throat> one of the bigger questions that we all get, I think, is uh, can you homestead uh, without any... YouTube or outside income? I think you got to define why you're homesteading or what homesteading is to you first. I was thinking about this question a lot today. So these are the three, I'm just going to give like my three bullet points for each one, each group, and then we can kind of go over them and see. I'd love to hear your thoughts because this is just something that's I was kind of thinking about today because I see this question in our comments a lot. Mm -hmm. about, hey, how do, you, how do you afford to do this? Or if you're just, I don't know, how do you make income doing it? Are you, is it all from YouTube and kind of thing? So for me, I guess homesteading, like we get into homesteading, it was just to grow food. I think when you homestead, you can save money if you compare apples to apples. Like we got into homesteading to grow nutritionally dense food because we couldn't afford the good stuff. We could mm -hmm. afford Walmart feed. I don't want to call Walmart food food because it's, it's junk pretty much. So if you're comparing homegrown stuff to Walmart, you're not saving any money, but like if you compare it to going and buying good quality food, you're saving money. That's from my experience. Yep. No, that's totally true. That's, that's our thing, our thinking too. I think this was, uh, 10 years ago hmm. in California, we we're paying like $10, uh, for a dozen eggs. Wow. Now it's 10 years ago. Yeah. For, wow. I mean, I'm talking about like pasture raised you know, organic eggs. And yep. so we thought, Hey, we could, we need to grow our own eggs, you know, you know, and to be able to afford it. And even like, uh, buying a whole chicken, pasture raised chicken. That, so you're exactly right. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do it also. I think but, we got into it, a bird at the farmer's market, pasture raised, not organic, just pasture raised was going for $20 for a whole bird. I don't know what it is now, but yeah, so it is cheaper, but you have to compare apples to apples, like you yep. said. 
because you cannot compare it just for regular chicken or regular eggs at the grocery store. It it doesn't compare. It's definitely cheaper than it's right. cheaper to buy regular eggs at the grocery store than to grow it yourself. But yep. pasture raised, organic, that's where you're saving the money if you're going to buy that anyways. Yep. Right. And you're being healthier, so you're spending the money up front. You're just not spending it at the doctors and all the medicine and stuff like that to keep you healthy. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and I know, like, for us, we have small amounts of, like, eggs and stuff we could sell, but it's not a lot. And our personal, where we are, a lot of people don't like to spend the money on the more expensive food. They're, and our area, we, we found that people are looking for cheap food. So we'd rather give our eggs to somebody that we know will appreciate them than try to sell them to somebody who wants them for like two to three bucks. So we don't try to sell our extras. We'd rather give it to friends and family that appreciate it. If that, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys or not. Yeah. But... I don't think you can just live off the land and not have income. No. You know, I, I think, agree with that. I mean, early on, well, we still get this, these comments of, you know, what do we do for a living? Well, we do a lot of things, but like early on, um, you know, I didn't do YouTube in the beginning, but like I was, you know, just doing odd jobs, you know, and I knew, especially in like the Asheville, North Carolina area, I never understood that because you'd hear stories of people just living off the land. Right. You know, even nowadays, and, and I used to think like, are they really living off the land? Like, are, are, do they not have bills or what do they know that I don't? Like, I used to think it was like some kind of secret. Like, what are these people doing? Like, they must know something, you know? And then, until, and it wasn't until we moved out here and then we started to meet other people that were growing their own food that, yeah, they did work. They worked a lot. You know, they might not have a nine to five office job or had one job. They had multiple jobs mm -hmm. and everything was seasonal. Yes. And it wasn't, nothing was full time. And they would just kind of go with the seasons and kind of get a job here and there. And, and, and they were doing it. And I would, I, we met a lot of people that way. And I, that's when I understood of like, I don't need one job, you know, like I could have multiple jobs and that could be seasonal. It could be part-time and it's okay. Like as long as the bills are getting paid, like, what does it matter? Right. And so that wasn't until we moved out here that I understood that in meeting those folks and being inspired by them, people in the community who are doing that, or they didn't have a YouTube channel, you know, they were just people that we would meet. And we're still friends, yeah. you know, we, we still meet these people. And it's like very inspiring to meet them and be like, wow, like you just work at a coffee shop, you know, and, and in the fall, you, you chop down trees, you know, like, really? Like, and you're paying the bills and they're, and they're doing it like, and, you know, and they're growing a lot of their own food and they have some land and, and they're just doing it, you know, and just living day by day, which I think is, is pretty amazing. But right. I think you do have to work in some way, whether that's seasonal you know you don't have to have a full-time nine-to-five job but right. you do have to work to pay something 
Yeah, Uncle Sam wants his cut. You always got taxes and all that good stuff to pay for, and then just gas and all your necessities. I don't ever plan on that we'll be able to be 100% self-sufficient to produce everything that we have on the homestead. I think that's kind of an unrealistic uh, idea just from the, like you said, taxes. Taxes are always going to be there. There's always stuff you're going to have to pay for. And unless you're independently wealthy, you're going to have to work. I mean, that's that's a fact of life. Like, you are going to have to work to pay the bills. You're going to have to work to feed yourself. I mean, it's even in the Bible. Like, you are going to have to work throughout your life. Uh, right. It's just, it's one of those things that I think everybody... People have been looking for ways out of work since the dawn of time. <laughs> And until someone figures it out. I think we should stop right there, though. If you're looking for a way out of work, you don't want to get into homesteading because there is yeah. a lot of work, whether you and you don't get paid for it. Yep, that is the truth <laughs> right there. And if anybody figures out how to get out of work, uh, yeah. please let me know that. I mean, you'll be mm. you'll be rich. <laughs> right. Sell a course. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then I guess I was thinking like modern homesteading is kind of trying to make money from the homestead, but doing it digitally, I guess, kind of like what we do, whether it's YouTube or reselling stuff online or freelancing. There's so many different ways nowadays with the internet to make connection, to make your living. It doesn't have to be social media, whether you want to sell online or what is it like Fiverr and what's the other websites you can do all your freelancing and gig jobs. Uh, I think there's one called Upwork. Yep, Upwork. Upwork. Fiverr's one. Yep. Um, there's so many, like, they're everywhere. Or just do it yourself, you know? Or, I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. Like, you could go and buy stuff at a yard sale and sell it on eBay, you know? Yep. Um, we did that for the longest time before we moved back up here. So one of the best things I've ever heard, or kind of like shifted my mindset, one was, I heard Dave Ramsey say all the time, you need a bigger shovel when he was talking to people get out of debt. And it took a little while to click. And I'm like, you do. Like, you can sit around, you can bellyache saying you're in this predicament or you don't make enough money, but or you can do something about it. And nowadays we have so many different opportunities, whether it's go to yard sales and resell it on eBay. We did that a lot. We'd go to thrift stores. You can buy stuff at thrift stores for 50 cents and then go sell it for 20 bucks on eBay. Yep. Yeah, I think it comes down to how bad, I mean, like for me, like I, I, I'm trying not to go back to an office job and I have been trying not to go back to an office job for the past seven years, <laughs> you know? So like, uh, it, it's came down to like, how bad do I not want to go to an office job? What are you willing to do? You know? And uh, other than sell your soul. What's that? I said, other than sell your soul. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like willing to go, uh, you know, deliver pizzas or something, you know, like, you know, or yeah, go to thrift stores and sell stuff off of, on eBay or, or stuff like that. Um, and so a lot of that stuff, that's what I, that's what I did. This was before YouTube. Like I would, I would, uh, I was an Uber driver, you know, yep. I, I drove around and, and did that like on the night and nights, you know, and you know, just, just trying to make something. And um, yep. 
you know, work part, everything I've done for the past seven years was like part-time work. I mean, still is like, even, I don't even consider, I don't, I don't consider YouTube as full-time work. Like I consider it just part-time, like everything, everything else is part-time. And it, and, uh, right. and it kind of goes with the seasons too. Like, you know, some months you could be really just cranking out the videos in some months you're not, you know, it might be something like in the winter time, you know, you're like not, not really happening, right? Maybe you butchered all your animals and you got, <laughs> nothing, you got to film. nothing to film. Exactly. Or it's too cold outside. And you're just like, I don't want to go outside or it's too hot. And it's like, I don't want to go outside, yep. you know? Um, so it's like, you, you're not really doing it and, but maybe you're doing something else. So for a lot of times, like I would do like woodworking, you know, sell that, go to craft shows, you know, like right around when, when holidays come, that's when you bump up the, the making stuff, you know, because people want to buy stuff for Christmas. So that's when you do that, you know, and you sell that more craft craft shows. So like just finding ways to like, you know, get in there and just make some kind of income just to pay the bills. It's hard. But I think it's to find your skill set too and kind of build off of that. So, like, when I was, I grew up in the car background. So, when I was in my, back in Mass, I was a mechanic. We lived on a very high traffic road. So, I'd go on Craigslist, I'd look for used cars, find the cheapest used car I could get, and then I'd bring it back and I'd fix it up. I'd go through it. You know, anything that I could find that was wrong with it, I'd do it. The brakes were one out. I'd go through them, you know, replace everything so I could feel good about selling it. But then we'd put it on our lawn and the running joke in the house is how long is this one going to last for? We'd usually get, I don't know, somebody stopping within a half an hour wanting a car. Wow. That was before COVID, but used cars. And this was probably, I don't know, like 2012, 2014 and used cars. The dealers weren't really selling like an affordable used car. So there's, I think you just got to find what works, what your best skill sets are and kind of like find a niche that is good for you, especially nowadays. There's nobody who wants to work. Yep, that's the truth. <laughs> and I think I said what's hard about it, because if you don't know what your skill set is, um, you know, or if you don't feel like you have a skill set, like maybe you don't know how to work with your hands or work on cars, like how do you figure that out? Yeah, you but know? I think nowadays with like Fiverr, Upwork, whatever you, whatever you, even if you did for your regular nine to five job, if you do it for yourself through freelancing that way, you're going to make yeah probably more money. And then you can, you're going to be doing it for yourself. You can do it from your house. So while you have a free minute, you can go feed your chickens or water the garden or weed it in between. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, because like my background is computer drafting. I would do drawings and uh, on the computer. And so that's one thing I did in the beginning. Um, now I do it for myself, basically, like drawing plans and stuff. But in the right. beginning, I was just like, say, now that what's that? Now that's helping what you can do on the that's helping what you can do on the homestead. Now is you can draw plans and you can sell your plans for everything you have made. Like personally, I can't do that. I can't get on SketchUp and draw my own stuff. So it's kind of yeah. neat how you can take skill sets you learned from your computer life and bring it back to modern homesteading now. Yeah, even though that's what I didn't want to do, but <laughs> now I'm doing it. But on, I'm, I'm doing it when I want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, not because I have to do it necessarily. It's just because it's stuff that I want to do. Like, you know, I'm not just doing it for somebody else. Uh, but early on, you know, I would, 
I would do, I, you know, I scoured Craigslist. Is Craigslist still around? Yeah, it's still around. <laughs> yeah. I use Craigslist. <laughs> uh, like I would scour Craigslist, I'd get like, hey, anybody looking for somebody to do drawings for, you know, like I worked with a, a landscaper that yep. wanted me to draw her some, you know, some tree or, you know, where to put trees and stuff. And so I worked with her for, for a while. I think if wanting to be curious on how, how to do certain things like woodworking, like I didn't do that stuff prior to moving out here. Um, that was just, I really needed the money, you know, <laughs> like early on, like somebody uh, say, Hey, you're like, can you build me this? And I'm like, no, I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I've never done that before, but right. I really need the money. And it's like, okay, I could do it. <laughs> you know? like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, you just yep. figure it out. And you got to be, um, trust yourself, I think. And it really comes down to how bad do you want to do it? Like, how bad do you want it? Like, how bad do you want it? You will figure it out. You know, yep. I think things... it comes down to, yeah, your mindset, if you have the mindset to want it, but then you also have to be curious enough to figure things out and have some kind of confidence yes in yourself so you can do it oh yeah it's hard but but you have to really want to do it <laughs> it's it's just like with doing youtube you know you have to really want to do it because mm -hmm. it can be yep. very uh frustrating <laughs> you know uh but you have to really want to do it and really enjoy it. And if you can do that, then you can keep at it. And eventually, you know, it'll start paying the bills or it doesn't right. have to be YouTube, but it could be like, like a podcast, you know, or something right. online that you could just share your story with other people and you can make an income doing that, which yeah. is and I've, insane. You know, there's a ton of new people, I think getting into whether you want to call it homesteading or raising their own food that don't know everything. So there's going to be, I think, an even bigger chance for people to get into something like what we're doing or just in just some kind of online resources for teaching people how to do it or maybe even locally kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think there's always, I think there's always room for people to, to come in this space and start oh, yeah. a channel or, or, tell their story because they just have a different everyone has their own different perspective and and people like they follow you because they like your story they like the way you you talk you know they like the way you describe things versus another person you know and it's just people find their own their own people and i think that's what's cool about it so i guess one of the things for us is we don't really make any money off of raising our own animals. I think a lot of that comes to the government and how much kind of a drag they put on it. Mm -hmm. So you don't really, it, it's not easy to sell the food that you want. And there's so many hoops to jump through, but it's on a small scale. It seems like it's not worth it. So personally, we don't focus on growing food to sell. I would love to get into that someday. Hopefully that maybe someday like different things will relax and it'll be easier or more people will want good quality food. So I guess while we're planning our homestead, we're keeping that in mind that hopefully someday maybe we'll have a bigger farm or we'll be able to sell 
to a bigger people that way. And then I guess we also kind of keep in mind when we're doing stuff for the homestead, thinking like long term, that it's everything's an investment, whether we're buying hay or the animals. We're not just raising the animals for food, but we're raising them for fertility. And that's going to pay dividends on the grass and how much good food we can grow for as like the better the grass gets, the more animals we can grow and the more nutritionally dense food we're going to have. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't want to say the food system will collapse, but I think more, more and more people are waking up to good food. I would agree with you. There are so many people that are interested in growing their own food uh, for multiple reasons, but the majority of people I've met are kind of like all three of us. When you learn how messed up the food system <laughs> is, you want out. You you don't care what it takes. If it means you have to, like the situation we were in in California, we didn't have room to really, we, we had some illegal chickens in our backyard and we could grow some vegetables, but everything else, we made connections either at the farmer's market or uh, various people that we had met through other people that you know, sold meat that they raised and stuff like that. Um, people are finding ways to get better food. And it's kind of amazing to watch uh, as, as this movement grows, all these people wanting better food and honestly, a different way, a way away from the system. Uh, we're watching kind of a new economy start to be born i think it's really cool to see i'd agree there and i'd also say like looking back i and i want to kind of get like what you guys think or what you're if you like realize this for me personally i used to have like really bad body aches and just sore and stiff like when i was a teenager i mean i was we always worked in high school we worked my dad had a body shop so we were always working no matter what but you know we would eat advil like three to four times a day because our you were just sore. Your muscles were sore. And I just grew up thinking that, oh, this is a normal thing. You pop three or four Advils three or four times throughout the day to keep going. Well, now that we eat good quality food, like I'm in my 40s and I feel better now than I did when I was like, say, 18 or 17, 20. So have you guys noticed that by switching your diets? I know yep. we're all junk food junkies. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's funny you say that. Uh, when I finally, it wasn't so much the aches and pains for me, it was sleep. I didn't realize how bad my sleep had gotten until we finally, honestly, it was like when I quit drinking, cause you know, people don't know my story. I used to be a pretty heavy drinker when we changed our diet and I started eating the good food and I quit drinking. That was when it was like, I woke up one day and it was like, Hey, I slept good last night. I haven't slept good in like eight years. This is amazing. I forgot what it felt yep. like to sleep good. No, I think I, I feel way better than what I did even uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, I think I remember like mom used to say, oh, just take some Tylenol, you know? Because I played yep. a lot of sports growing up. That's what, that, what my thing was, was baseball, okay. some football. Um so I would, I would always be out there playing some kind of sport. So she, that's what I remember always saying that, but 
But now, I don't remember last time I took a Tylenol or an Advil. The last time I took anything, it was an ibuprofen, and it was this December. I had the flu. Mm. I mean, that was a rough one. And I just wanted the, the aches to stop. I wanted the headache to go away. And I was like, ah, I know we got some ibuprofen in there. I went and took one. I felt worse taking that thing than I did without it. And it was the weirdest thing. I was completely aware of what it did to my body. Just, it felt disgusting. You know, I was yeah. pretty sick, but right. I was, I have not taken an ibuprofen. I used to eat those things like candy. But not like, you know, if you're like doing a hard work or something and you feel sore, you, uh, I think before I automatically think, oh, this is not right. Like I need to take an Advil. But now, like if I'm out there shoveling wood chips or something and the next day I'm like sore, I almost kind of like it because it's like, <laughs> I almost feel right. like, oh, I did a little workout last yesterday, you know, like, yesterday. like, or, or like, it almost makes you feel kind of alive in a way, like, like I am sore, but like, you know, I feel pretty good. Like, you know, like I need to do some stretches or something, but I almost kind of enjoy it. <laughs> right. You earned, you earned it. Yeah. Yeah. A sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So I guess the big takeaway I would say is homesteading. Yes, you need to have some kind of income source to do it, but you got to find out why you're doing it. If you just want to grow food, that's awesome. And you can just do your regular nine to five. And then there's just so many different ways to make it work that you just need to figure out how deep you want to go into homesteading. And then how do you want to, how do you want to go about making your income that way? Cause even pa back in the day from, Laura Ingalls, he always had to go out seasonally. He would go out and work in the sawmill. He'd go tend his crops and sell those back in town. So I think we've always needed to have some kind of income source coming in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even if it's local, like, I mean, I've met so many people who do like local stuff. Like, you know, it also depends on too. Like if you can, um, maybe it's not how much you, you make, but how much you don't spend. Yeah. That's a good one. And, yeah. and, you can, uh, you know, no debts, you know, stuff like that. You don't have a car payment, um, things like that, I think are super helpful. Like you gotta think that almost that way sometimes. Yes. I know one thing I think about too now is spending money. Like where am I spending it? Like if I'm spending money with a local person or if I'm spending money at our local feed store, even if I'm paying a little bit more money at our local feed store, I don't mind that because the local feed store, we have two mills that are, you know, in the, in our surrounding states. So they're local and they're owned by local families. So you're, you're supporting them. And then if like, I'll go and I just get my hay usually from him and he'll deliver it to us and it's, I'll pay a little bit more money, but he's buying it from the local farmers. So it's kind of, I don't know. I like, being able to support the local economy, if that makes sense. Yep. Versus the bigger box stores. Even though sometimes they don't have my, my parts that, that, that I need. <laughs> and I always think I should right. just, I should just do my own hardware store. <laughs> kind of in that vein, we've, we've actually talked about me and Jason, how people out here wear multiple hats. Everybody out here wears five different hats at all times. Everybody knows how to do at least five different things that they can make money at 
to maintain the life. There's a lot of people we know that are basically doing this life. They're, they're living off their land in air quotes. Uh, they have their <laughs> land, they grow a lot of their own food and they, they do enough jobs here and there to where they aren't married to a job that takes them away all the time. Like yeah. I used to be, you know, I worked 80 hours a week in a machine shop. I was never home. I'm kind of, kind of the way I feel about it. I will literally do any other small job I have to, if, you know, say YouTube doesn't work out to maintain right. my, the freedom I have doing the homesteading thing and being with my family. Yeah. Yep. I'm the same way. Like on the day I have to go find an office job. It's going to be a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> not to say, not to say if say something happened and we needed that income, say yeah. YouTube said, you know what? Homesteading is not cool anymore. You're fired. Right. Um, and I couldn't find anything. I couldn't, you know, I used to make and sell knives. I couldn't sell knives. You know, if I had to, my toolbox has wheels on it. I would go back yep. to a machine shop if I had to. But right. given yeah. the freedom outside of a 80 hour a week job, uh, I'll do whatever it takes. If it means selling produce on a, at a farm stand, if it means doing a farmer's market every week, you betcha I'll do it. Yep. I know it's something we, we think about a lot. Like, okay, if YouTube goes away, what would you, what could you do? And there, yeah, it's just changing your mindset to be like, okay, yep, I'll do this job. I could do that job. I could do this. Cause I don't, I don't want to, it's not, I think it's more of the freedom, you know, to work for yourself yeah. versus having to go work for somebody. Yeah. We, we drank the Kool-Aid and that's it. <laughs> yeah. We can never, go, it's, it's like growing your first tomato. You, go, right. you can never go back. <laughs> like we, yeah, right. we've experienced that, this like freedom that we have and even, tasted it, even though it's so hard, like it's so hard to work for yourself and, and, and just do your own thing. It's so difficult. And there's so many like, behind the scenes stuff that is not fun, but, but it, it's, it's, I wouldn't trade it for anything else, you know? What's the hardest thing or like for me personally, like one thing with doing YouTube or I, th I don't even, it's not even just YouTube. It's working for yourself is you can't shut it off. Like if you work for somebody else, you put your 40 or 50 hours and you go home and you shut it off. I would say that's the one thing about working for yourself is you're always constantly, or for me anyways, I'm always constantly about thinking it. about. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. It, it, yeah, I know. I, I struggle with that all the time. I, it, Lorraine's very good at that and re reminding me of like, okay, maybe you should just take today off and don't do anything, you know? But for me, I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. I got to do something. I got to, yep. you know, I got to do something. There's always something to be done. I think for me, because Meg will do the same thing. She's like, hey, you know what? Don't worry about filming today. You know, something didn't work out and I'm all burnt about it. And she'll be like, don't worry about it. We can always film tomorrow. And what do I do? I go work on something. You know, it's like there's there's all sorts of things that didn't work out last week for filming and making videos about. I wanted to make that pig feeder. I didn't film it because... <laughs> I didn't want to. I wanted a project that was like off the books, you know, like I don't have to work. It's not part of my job if I don't have the camera. So it's like extracurricular. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I'll agree with you there, Ben, because I'll do a lot of stuff off camera and it's, it's weird. It's like, oh, it's almost relaxing. I like, I guess I yeah. enjoy working. So it's like relaxing when you don't, the, the videoing takes it to another level. Yep. It's work. You can, it so becomes you part of your job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when, when I, when we first moved out here and you know, I quit my job and stuff, like I always felt like I still feel this way. I probably shouldn't feel this way, but I feel like I don't deserve a day off. Like, I feel like I chose to live, to leave a comfortable job and move my family out here to do this. So that, that means I need to make it work and I don't deserve like I did, I don't like I haven't done enough to deserve a day off. Like yep. I, don't, I haven't done enough to have a vacation. I feel that, you know, like, and I still feel that way. Uh, you know, not as bad as I was, but you know, the first few years or so, I was like, no, it's like I can't take a day off, like, because I don't. I chose to do this. Like, I need to make it work, and right, that's it. You know. <laughs> So that, that well, here's the thing, you guys are making it work. You're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I struggle with it. <laughs> it is hard. It's, yeah, we've been brainwashed. I don't. I don't know. If brainwashed is the right word, but like it's been like the cultural thing for so long to go work and do this and do that. And if you're not, if you're not doing it, like if, uh, you get the question, like, oh, what do you do for work? And if you don't have just like, oh, hey, I work at O'Reilly's or I'm a <laughs> truck driver you don't have like the normal standard nine to five answer everybody looks at you like you got 10 heads and like what are you doing what do you mean you don't work well so what do you say like what is what he says so what do you do for so what do you do <laughs> i say content creator now okay see you know what yeah. i have a neighbor that he cannot grasp that a youtuber is a job and right. he, i think he thinks i'm selling drugs or something <laughs> because every time i talk to him he's like so what do you do? It's like I do YouTube. Here's my channel. Like go watch. And every time I talk to him, he's like, "You can make money doing that." <laughs> it's like, Apparently so. <laughs> right? Funny. I don't believe you. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Up, we'll I, see end up, I end up just doing this whole spiel of like everything that I do. Like it just like <laughs> comes out like like I just can't stop talking. You know, like well, yep. I do, I do, I, you know, I film some stuff, and then um, you know, I do some woodworking stuff, and then like, and next day, I know I'm just like talking about all these things this I do, and this and this and this, yeah. And I feel like why did I just why why did I say all that? Like, <laughs> but there's not there's not like a I guess I could say content creator, but they might not know what that is either. Like, you know what I mean? Like this guy wouldn't know. Yeah, so it's hard to. No. It's not like a thing, you know. It's it's I think it's, like it's always content creator. Yeah, I think content creator is a little bit more broader because it's not like oh I'm just I'm a YouTuber. It's a con you're making content. So I think whether people know what it is, they're kind of like oh yeah, content. They make something. <laughs> when yeah, you I, say oh I'm a YouTuber, they're like what's that? Yeah, I think I what I use at the feed store. They forget where it, how it came up, but someone asked like what do you do? And I was like oh I just make um. I, I farm. I make farming videos, teaching people how to farm. You own video production. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, video production. <laughs> like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> no more questions. Yeah. You know, no more, don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> they, they didn't ask anything else. So I was like, okay, I'm good there. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should say. Just say, just keep on saying that. Just video production. <laughs> Farming videos. <laughs> I know we see it in the comments a lot. It's like, how do you make your money? Did you sue somebody? You must have sued some people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, uh, it, I think it just, yeah, it just all comes down to hard work and what are you willing to do? And yep. uh, I would like to it. add one thing about the YouTube thing, since obviously all three of us get the question a lot. Um, there was a long time, a lot of videos posted before we ever saw a dime. Uh, it's a yep. lot of hard work and hustling, filming when you don't want to film, really for nothing. And for us, it was about two years before we ever started making anything. So yep. it's it, there's a little bit of an entry period unless you just, you know, start off a YouTube channel with a viral video. Uh, we've never had a viral video. So, you know, that's uh, there's been a lot of hard, hard work getting here. Oh, for sure. And restructuring our life to work around that income. Yep. <laughs> no. It's so difficult. I think the first entire year we we uh, filmed, uh, I, I think we made uh, eighty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yep. for the first very first year, the whole year, you know. And it was like, well, first of all, I was excited because I was like, I didn't know you could do this. And eighty bucks, just I didn't even video. I didn't even try. Like I was treating it like uh, like Instagram, you know. And I would just like film real quick and just post it and like let's see what happens. And I just post a video, and then doing a year of that of not even really trying and then i made 80 bucks i was like i was like what happens if i tr actually try let's see where this goes i would say for the first three to five years it was a transition i worked full-time as a mechanic i got laid off from that job and then i went working for a builder and when i was doing those i was putting in at least 40 hours a week and then i'd say i was probably doing 30 or 40 hours a week of YouTube, living off of coffee kind of thing. And I did that for, I would say that's steady for two or three years, full time, two full-time jobs, I would call it. And then I was able to switch part-time doing the construction building and go more full-time with the YouTube. That's kind of how we did it. We just kind of like transitioned slowly until I felt comfortable enough living off of just the YouTube income for my, for my income coming in and then Gina still, I think she was two years after that or longer that she worked her full-time job before she quit her job and started doing it full. We, then we both started doing the YouTube full-time. So yeah, it's definitely a progression and something you have to work for and be willing, willing or want it bad enough. I would say yep. to make it work. Want it, you have I think to it's want that it. way. For, yeah. I think it's that way for any business that you're starting, you got to kind of be willing to, put the work in and YouTube is a business. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at first it doesn't seem like it doesn't, it's, it doesn't start that way, but then if you don't treat it as a business, well then that's when I think you need to treat it as a business. Yes. Uh, if you want to be able to make a living off of it, you need to treat it as a business. And I've heard a couple of other content creators say that, that they wanted it to be a business but it didn't turn into a business form or make income form until they treated it like a business. How do you feel like I read something where the average YouTuber only lasts three to five years 
Yep. How long have you been doing it, Al? Um, I would say 2016, 2017 is when we really started going hard before that. I would say like 2013, we started before we moved up here. I kind of like dabbled in it and got used to it. Oh, wow. Got, you know, filmed a little bit, edited some videos. Because be so bef before that, when we lived, we used to live up here. Gina's from this area. I moved up here in high school. We didn't have internet or cell phones. It wasn't until we moved to Massachusetts, where I was from, that we got internet and cell phones. Because where we lived before, we had no cell phone service at our house, and there was no internet of any means at our house. So we kind of, it wasn't until I'd say 2012 that we kind of learned about YouTube. We've been doing it about six years. Six years. Yeah, I think we started, Meg started the Homestead channel in... 2017. So yeah, it's been like five years. Now I think yeah. I used to do YouTube back in the day. I used to put all my my guitar noodling on the internet, but I mean that was that was like 14 years ago, 12 years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Hey, one of your guitar playing uh, popped up on my feed one time, but it wasn't from your channel. Huh? It was like it was a, a YouTube short, and it was from like a um, a guitar company. Huh? It was you playing playing a song. Oh yeah, you know what I remember that. <laughs> I was like, that's a bit. I was like, wait yeah. a minute. I thought it was your channel. I was like, oh, they put up. A... Yeah, they they asked if they could use that, and <laughs> they said they'd send me a hat or a shirt or something. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and they never sent me a hat. So oh, it is what it is. <laughs> now it's good, man. I don't think I've ever heard you play. So uh, yeah, I, I listened to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, was a, it was like a 30 second video. I know. So it wasn't real long. That was good. <laughs> I think that'll cover a lot. I bet you will still get a lot of comments. So if we wanted to, we could make like a part two at some point and go over what everybody's questions and comments are. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but I, I want to say if you're, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can actually speed up the podcast. Like if you feel like we're not talking, <laughs> if we're talking too slow, <laughs> you could actually speed it up by like one point two, like one point five. You know, like like I, I do that all the time. Man, I install my <laughs> podcast on two times. Yeah. Oh, it's a two hour podcast. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, audiobooks like you can really read fast. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do a lot of audio books when I was hanging drywall on like two times speed. Yeah. So that's great. You can do that. But yeah, I think that's good. I think we're good, guys. What do you think? That's going to work. I think, I think so. Kind of beat that subject to death. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate everyone uh, listening to this podcast and, and watching us on our YouTube channel. And if you have not, uh, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and um, be notified when we put these out. And we've been putting these out every Friday. And uh, yeah, we're just just uh, three guys hanging out talking about homestead stuff, you know. Um, so well, we appreciate everyone uh, listening and watching, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>